are listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So tonight we're marking a, a holy day known as the Feast of the Presentation or Candlemas. Candlemas, which sounds an awful lot like Christmas, which is because the two are actually quite closely linked. Christmas being the much better known feast day, whether or not you're a Christian, a church person, or have any faith whatsoever, everybody knows all about Christmas. So maybe that's a good reason to pay a little extra attention to Candlemas. After all, it doesn't get buried under a mountain of gift shopping and tinsel, though maybe it is submerged under a layer of unfamiliarity. Steadfastly here for the past several years, we've made a point of marking the feast day, though a couple of times it was during COVID shutdowns, so it wasn't quite the same symbolically. But at the very least, maybe this gathered community will be able to wish one another a blessed and happy Candlemas at the end of the evening. The roots of this feast day are ancient. Going back to its earliest observance sometime around the year 350 in Jerusalem, and then being quite widely celebrated in the, in the Western Church or the Latin Church within just a couple of hundred years of that date. It, it seems to have spread from Rome. The blessing of candles on this day has been a part of the tradition since the 7th century. And that was all to put a little visible meaning into the proclamation of Simeon in today's gospel proclamation, which I'll offer to you again, but in the more traditional English of the Book of Common Prayer. And I should just confess that this is the prayer that I say every night before I go to sleep, because it just has such resonance for me. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. In Luke's telling, as Simeon takes the infant Jesus into his arms that day at the temple when Mary and Joseph have brought him there 40 days after his birth. As he takes the infant into his arms, he can't help but proclaim that he has now seen thy salvation, which is a light, a light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of thy people Israel. That light which lightens the Gentiles, the nations, us, is symbolized in this feast day with candles. And the ancient tradition was to bless all the candles that would be used liturgically over the coming year. 
Now, we don't have all the candles for the next 12 months, but we do have a new pillar candle that will be blessed and lit for the first time tonight, as well as baskets of these individual taper candles. And when you come up for communion, you can pick one up from a basket that will be on the communion table or a basket that will be at the side on the, the All Saints altar to take back to your seat. And at the very end, I'll just start to light candles and then you pass the light along so that by the time we're really singing that closing song, this place will be lit up with these individual tapers. It's pretty imagery, but it's also powerful imagery, I think. Um, just before the confession time, we will do that blessing. And, and then they'll sit there, although the one will, li- will be lit. And after our communion, then we begin to share that light, candle to candle to candle to candle. It's, it's pretty and lovely and enlightening in, in the truest sense of the word. At the same time, We should remember that the story of Mary and Joseph going to the temple with the infant Jesus is not without its layers of caution, even foreboding. They've gone, Luke tells us, to present Jesus to the Lord in accordance with the Torah. And they've brought with them the offering of a pair of turtle doves or young pigeons, That's the offering brought by a poor family. For those with more money, we're to bring a lamb and just one bird to offer. But Luke is clear that this is not a family of means. And so it is the two birds of a poor couple that they bring. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, Luke tells us. He's a righteous man, a devout man, an aging man, to whom it had been revealed by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day Simeon came into the temple. He took one look at that peasant couple with their wee baby, and those words just burst from his lips, again in Luke's telling, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. For I'm seeing the promise right here, right now in this place. I see it. This baby is going to be salvation for all, no matter if Jew or Gentile. This little one is promise, your promise, Lord. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him, Luke writes. No wonder. I mean, in the flow of the whole story to this point, Mary has heard the word of the angel Gabriel. And she's been reassured by her kinswoman Elizabeth that something amazing is happening. Joseph has had his poor heart set at ease by an extraordinary dream. The two of them have heard the proclamation of the shepherds on the night of the baby's birth. But this is something else again. 
As this aging man comes to them in the temple, the center of their whole religious life, symbolically and literally, he comes to them in the temple with these extraordinary words. And then, blessing them, Simeon turns to Mary to offer harder words. This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. This child's life isn't going to be easy, Simeon is saying. He's a sign, and a sign who will be opposed, whose life will evoke the falling and the rising of many in Israel. He is a crisis child, a crisis man soon enough. And then with what I can only imagine is a deep tenderness. He fixes his eyes on that young mother and he says, a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is going to be heartbreaking for you, Mary. And of course... It was. There's also the figure of the prophet Anna, a woman of great old age who saw the baby and, quote, began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Again, you wonder what those new parents made of it all. This, this, This woman, this recognized prophet, speaking to anyone who'd listen about their baby particularly in light of what they've just heard from Simeon. But that's just there in the fabric of the biblical story. There are just never seamless, flawless heroes who dance easily from victory to victory. There just aren't. The great figures of the Hebrew scriptures from Abraham and Sarah right through Moses to King David and well beyond, all come with moments of doubt, with failure, with struggles, and oh-so-human weaknesses. Beyond them, into the New Testament, you have poor old Peter stumbling with his fears, the disciples all wandering around in a kind of a haze trying to figure out what Jesus is really about, Paul, Paul losing his temper in some of his epistles. I mean, he gets downright nasty sometimes. And getting into that fight with Barnabas in the book of Acts. Because Barnabas wants to take young John Mark back out on the road with them. Giving him a second chance after John Mark had failed miserably the first time. Paul won't have it. And they go different ways. You see very human figures with the sorts of foibles and failings that any one of us here might carry. And here you have Simeon looking at this young mom and saying entirely accurately, this child is going to break your heart. So we tell the story. We, we, we hear Simeon's song. 
And why we light these candles at the end of the liturgy is a small sign of the one who is light to lighten the Gentiles. But we must tell the whole story, confident that the one who can and will redeem us from the lastness and the lostness and the leastness and the deadness of our own lives is the one who continues to bring light into the darkness. That light can sometimes seem very faint, especially when we get lost in our own wounds and our own lastness, yet it burns all the same. For tonight, at least, having gone through a cold, cold, cold week in this part of the world and then feeling the temperature begin to shift yesterday and today, may these small flames that we will share one to another, to another, to another, collectively light up this place with warmth and hope, symbolizing for us the promise carried in Simeon's song, namely that God's salvation is prepared before the face of all peoples. Some days that might seem like a far away promise, but it is a promise, God's promise, all the same. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening.